you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Genesis chapter 43 is on our heart. Left the service this morning, driving down the road, and the Lord kept dealing with me. It kept coming to my mind, take a little honey, carry a little honey, a little honey, honey from the rock, Psalm 81. The Lord just kept working on me and working on me. I was going to preach something totally different. I had it already. But tonight I want to read out of Genesis 43. And I'll ask you to stand to your feet as we look at verse number 11. Their father, Israel, said unto them, If it must be so now, do this. Take of the best fruits in the land in your vessels and carry down the man a present, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, nuts and almonds, and take double money in your hand. And the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carried again in your hand, peradventure it was an oversight. Take also your brother, and arise, go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. When we look at verse number 11, there's a little phrase there. And a little honey. We want to preach on that thought tonight. Father, would you help us, Lord, as we look into this portion of your word, that God, you might speak to our hearts. And Lord, I know that this afternoon you've dealt with us about it. I pray, God, you'd help us to focus. Lord, teach us your word. Encourage our hearts. Help us, Father, to see some truth and, and the promises of God that we might get help. Lord, that we might apply it to our lives and go forward from this spot. Lord, we love you now. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We know that Jacob had the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 sons. Ten brothers hated the one brother. They hated Joseph. They took Joseph, sold him into slavery, cast him down into Egypt, forgot about him, came back and told their daddy, held up his coat and said, an evil beast must have devoured your son, our brother, and Jacob was broken from that point on. We know that the other side of the story is, but the Lord was with Joseph. No matter what they did to him, God blessed Joseph. Joseph, he, he arose up in Potiphar's house. And, and though Potiphar's wife lied on him and he was thrown into prison, he rose up in the prison. And we know that little by little by little, Joseph found favor until he was made governor over all the land of Egypt. And there came a mighty famine upon the land, so much so that Jacob sent his ten sons down into Egypt that they might buy corn. And their brother Joseph recognized them. And so he began to put them through a series of tests. They mentioned that they had a little brother, Benjamin, which would be Joseph's full brother, the, the child of Rachel, Jacob's beloved wife. And Joseph, the governor, said, I think you boys are spies. I don't trust you boys. And so they took Simeon and he locked him up, put him in the prison, almost like the way Joseph was thrown into prison by those brothers, and sent those boys back home with corn in their sacks, and then he took their money and he restored their money back into that sack. And those boys are on their way home, and they go to get provender for their horses, and one of them says, Alas, we're in trouble. The money we thought we paid for this corn is in our sack. We're in trouble. Our brother is left in prison. The only way we can come back is bring little Benjamin. Daddy's never going to allow that. 
boys, now we're going to be labeled as not just spies, but also as thieves. We're in trouble absolutely for sure. The Bible says, look back at Genesis chapter 42. Genesis 42, verse 29. They came unto Jacob their father into the land of Canaan and told him of all that befell unto them, saying, The man who is the Lord of the land spoke roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. And we said unto him, We are true men. We are no spies. We be twelve brethren, sons of our father. One is not, and the youngest this day is with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the Lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that you are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine of your households, and be gone. And bring your youngest brother unto me. Then shall I know that you are no spies, but that you are true men. So will I deliver you your brother, and you shall traffic in the land. And it came to pass as they emptied their sacks that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said to them, Me have you bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, Simeon is not, and you will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons. If I bring him not to thee, deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, My son shall not go down with you. For his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way, in the which you go, then you shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Jacob said, my son is not going back with y'all back down there in Egypt. It will not happen. Now, Jacob's in a predicament. Do you see it? The will of God is being done in his life. And it's not his choice. It's just the will of God that has befallen to him. I could take the time tonight to read you about Abraham. God told Abraham, Abraham, I want you to leave the land of Ur. I want you to leave your father's house behind and go to a land that I tell you about. Abraham did it and didn't shed a tear. Abraham, God gave him a son. He said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice that son. Slay him, give him to me. Without shedding a tear, Abraham drew back the knife, believing that God would give that boy life again. And God stopped him. But when Abraham's wife, Sarah, died, the Bible says he wept much. Now, what's the difference? Why is he not weeping over leaving his father's house? Why is he not weeping over slaying his son, potentially, but he's weeping over his wife? Here's why. Because in the first situation, he had a choice. He had a choice to leave the land of Ur. He had a choice as to whether to sacrifice his son or not. But in the third one, he had to live with the will of God. He had no choice. And I want to say to you tonight that you and I have to learn how to live with the will of God. Joseph's in a situation, or Jacob's in a situation here. The Bible says in chapter 43, verse number 1, the Bible says, and the famine was sore in the land. So I have a question tonight. What are you going to do with the will of God for your life? What are you going to do? Number one, you can resist the will of God. Go ahead, try it. Number one, resist the will of God. See how that turns out. Verse 38, Jacob said, my son shall not go. But chapter 43, verse 1 says, the famine was sore in the land. Saying no to God doesn't make the corn grow. Saying no to God doesn't take famines away. 
Saying no to God does not change the circumstances for the better. It may very well be for you and I that we go through the howling winds of adversity. That may be the will of God. It may be a rough ride, but I believe that God's going to get us through. Look back with me in, in verse 36, chapter 42. Jacob, their father, said unto them, Me have you bereaved of my children. Now, here's why he's resisting the will of God. And this is why you resist the will of God. I believe that, first of all, he thinks there's too much grief. He said, me have you bereaved of my children. Bereaved means to be snatched away. You've taken away everything that's good in my life. Jacob feels like Joseph has been taken away. Soon Benjamin's going to be taken away. His wife Rachel is dead. So he sees too much grief. I'm talking to somebody tonight. You see too much grief in your situation. Also in this verse, there's too little good. Look what the Bible says at the end of the verse. All these things are against me. In this situation, not one good thing do I see. It's all against me. Now tonight, you may be looking at your situation. You may say, preacher, when I look at my situation, it's all against me. The Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God, who are the called according to his purpose. You have to know that tonight. So when Jacob looks in his life, he sees too much grief. And he sees too little good. He says, these things are against me. Here's another thing. He cannot see God in this. He says, me have you bereaved. He's blaming them. You have bereaved me. You, you told Egypt about your little brother. Look, look in chapter 43. Look at verse 6. And Israel, that's another word for Jacob, said, Wherefore dealt you so ill with me as to tell the man whether you had yet a brother? Why did you tell him that you have a little brother. This is all your fault, boys. This is all your fault. And, and I'm telling you, somebody tonight, you can't see God working in your life right now. You think, Lord, I'm resisting the will of God. I, I'm, you have dug your heels in. You're scratching and clawing. You do not. And I, I, listen, I've been there. Man, I've been there. I've been there just in the last two or three weeks, reluctant. God said, I want to do this. I want to do this. Lord, no, no, I can't see this. No, Lord, I don't understand this. Lord, this is the, And I'm telling you, the best thing you'll do is just go ahead and let the will of God be done in your life and quit resisting the will of God, okay? If the will of God for your life is adversity, go through it with him. It'll be all right. So here we see number one, Jacob is resisting the will of God. My son shall not go with you. Number two, I believe that Jacob got, became resigned to the will of God. Now look in verse two of chapter 43. Resign. What do you mean, preacher Darren? You mean just endure it and get through it with absolutely no joy? I don't think that's what's going to happen to Jacob. Look at verse 2. It came to pass when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again, buy us a little food. You're going to have to go back, boys. We're out of food again. If you don't go get us more food down there in Egypt, we're all going to die. Judah. Reuben, all them boys know, Daddy, if you don't send Benjamin to go with us, our littlest brother, if we don't go down there, you still got one of our brothers are in jail. If you don't send him, this guy's going to arrest all of us. He may kill all of us. Daddy, you're going to have to send Benjamin with us. Now, look with me in verse number 8. Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die. Both we and thou 
and also our little ones. I'll be surety for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. For except we had lingered, surely now we had returned this second time. Now I read these verses already. Look at verse 11. And their father Israel said unto them, If it must be so now, do this. Stop. If it must be so now. So here he has been resisting the will of God. But resisting the will of God did not accomplish anything but cause further hardship. So now he's gotten himself to say, Lord, if it's your will, if the will of God be so, Lord, if it, this is what you want to do, I'm going to become resigned to it. Not resigned walking away. I'm going to humble myself before the will of God. And this is what I'm going to do. And I'm talking to somebody tonight, you're going through a rough patch. I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing. I'm going to do something about it. What's he going to do? First of all, he's going to take sweetness. Here's what he says. If it must be so now, do this. Take of the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down the man a present, a little balm, a little honey, spices, and myrrh, nuts, and almonds. Now, may I say this? They're in a famine. That means they don't have anything to eat. To have things to eat are not easy to come by. And even in the middle of the famine, Jacob says, we still have many blessings. Take the man, balm, a little honey, spices, myrrh, nuts, and almond. In the most difficult place of your life, you'll find the sweetness God's blessed you with. There's still honey in the rock. The rock is the difficult place. The rock is the hard place. The, the rock is the crazy, the craggy place. The, the rock is the tough times of your life. And though it may weary your feet and exhaust you and cause you misery and suffering, God says there's honey in the rock. So when you bow yourself to the will of God, do it with sweetness. Have joy in your life. Take pleasure in serving God. I was a preacher friend of mine. His, uh, his son passed away. And I went to go preach the funeral. And I, in that place, there in that pulpit there, laid that young man. He preached here for our school a couple of different times. And there laid that young man and he told his dad, he said, I want you to go and get Preacher Darren to preach my funeral. I was over there preaching, and the father-in-law of that young man walked the altar and got saved. In the same place, that little wife of his is now a widow, weeping and crying, what am I going to do now? We were just getting started, now my husband's dead, what's going to happen to me? In the same place she's weeping and crying, I saw her shouting and praising God because her daddy got saved. And who knows if the Lord may have took that young man to get a hold of that daddy's heart. And God will do that. And in that situation, can you see? He's having to live with the will of God. And it looks like the most difficult place you've ever been. But if in that place you'll look to the Lord, you'll find honey in the rock. I watched there as I was preaching. I watched the daddy, the preacher daddy, bow his face before God and lay down in the floor in front of that casket and weep his way to God and worshiped God 
And I saw his wife say, well, God is good, but he's good to everybody but me. For three years, she couldn't sing. For three years, she couldn't go back to the choir. For three years, he said, I'd come home, I'd hear her singing, I'd hear, but she wasn't singing anymore. And he said, one day I walked in the house and I heard her back in the back bedroom singing. And I, I got down and I thanked God on the couch, prayed and said, thank you, Lord, that she got her song back. And I went back there and said, baby, I hear you singing. It's been three years. You just don't know how good it is for me to hear you singing again. What's happened? That's what she said. She said, today, I got to the place that I needed Jesus more than I needed my son. And now I can start praising him and worshiping him again. I just want to say this, and I'll move off this thought. You and I have got to learn that even in the hard places of our life, there's sweetness all around us. Look with me in verse number 12. He says, take double money. So not only take sweetness, but you need to take service. In the midst of difficulty, this is what he said. Or he did not say, I'm going to cut back. That's what y'all do, right? You get in a hard place, gas has gone up, I'm going to have to cut back. Cut back on what? Well, I'm going to cut back on eating. I'm going to cut back on going out to eat. I'm going to cut back on my travel. I'm going to cut back. I'm going to cut back giving to my church. I'm going to cut back. Jacob could have said, we're in a famine, y'all. We've never seen tough times like this. But he did not cut back. What did he do? He said, take double money. When you face a trial, what do you do? You quit. You quit your Sunday school class. You quit going to your church. You, you, you walk away from your friends that's been your friends for years and years and years because you're aggravated. Listen, I just want to say this. There are some things that you can only accomplish when you're in a trial. It's the hardships and the difficulties of life. God has you in that specific place because he has specific things he wants to accomplish. So you need to double up your service. Well, preacher Darren, you're after my money. No, let's just back off of the money part of it. I'm talking about your service. When you get aggravated and you have hardships, sometimes you get upset and you quit praying. That's what I'm trying to say. You need to pray double. You need to double up on your service. You need to double up on your prayer. You need to double up on your Bible study. Isn't it amazing how the enemy will attack you and find reasons to take away your time for study? There's been times I've had to say, devil, I'll tell you what, I'm going to study double what I would have done already. And he just learned just to leave me alone about some things. We need to take sweetness. We need to take service in our lives. Look at verse 13. He says in verse 13, not only take some honey and take double the money, but he says in verse 13, take also your brother. Now he had said earlier, my son shall not go with you. But now he's saying, take also your brother and arise, go again unto the man. What does that mean? Take surrender. God asked Jacob for what Jacob loved the most. You know what he loved the most? Benjamin. The last child, the baby of his relationship with Rachel, and that's the thing he loved the most, and he would not give it up, and finally he had to give it over to God. And what about that? He surrendered. And there's somebody not, you just need to surrender to the will of God in your life. You, you can't change these circumstances. You, you can't change this outlook. God has a purpose that he's wanting to accomplish in your life right from where you are. Look at verse 14. And God Almighty give you 
mercy. Amen. Thank God for mercy. You can take some sovereignty. It is God that's going through you with this trial. It is God's will that you come through this trial. God's not lost control. Preacher Darren, that's a difficult circumstance. I can't go through it. Are you questioning God's ability to get you through? God is still on the throne. He is no less God today than he was last year. He's still God. Trust him in this time. I want to read out of Psalm 117. I love the word mercy. The Lord spoke it to my heart. I want to read Psalm 117 real quick. Just one verse. Psalm 117, look at verse number two. This is, sometimes I love things about the word of God that are just so special. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful spiritual spiritual truths. But watch how special this is in verse two. You won't catch it in English, but the Bible says, Psalm 117:2, For his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Did you know the word merciful and the word kindness? You can look it up in your Strong's Concordance. You can look it up uh, through Blue Letter Bible. The word merciful and kindness are the same word. Chihed, Chishet. It's there twice. It says it back to back. Chihed, Chihed. It says it twice. One means merciful, one means kindness. They mean the same thing. Double mercy. He says, I want you to take double service, double up sweetness, and I want you to know you can double up sovereignty. Amen. Uh, this way he said, God is mercifully merciful. <laughs> wow. How he, he is kindly kind. Amen. Now, number three, and we'll be done. Go back to Genesis. So he's resisted the will of God, but it got him nowhere. He became resigned to the will of God. He said, take some sweetness, take some service, take surrender, take the sovereign, sovereign mercy of God with you, and go back down there to Egypt. And we know the rest of the story. He got down there. Simeon was freed. Joseph couldn't stand anymore. He couldn't refrain himself. He began to weep and reveal to him who he really was. Look in chapter 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by, by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out for me. There stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Joseph is a picture of Christ. The Lord wants to make himself known to you in this time where you feel like everything's against me. Things are not working out. It's such a hard trial. It's so difficult. Honey, look for the honey in the rock. Look at verse 24. So he sent his brethren away and they departed. And he said to them, see that you fall not out by the way. Because he knew what they were. <laughs> and they went up out of Egypt and came unto the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told him saying, Joseph is yet alive. He is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Let me say this. 
The will of God is enough. So we could say tonight, Preacher Darren, I've got to ask you a question. Are you living in the will of God? Oh, yes, Preacher Darren, I'm right in the will of God. It's the hardest place to stay. Can I ask you, how are you doing with the will of God? Are you living with the will of God? Maybe tonight you've got a spouse that's passed on. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe your house burnt down. I'm telling you, you, you're going through some real struggles. Are you, it doesn't mean you're not living in the will of God. You're living with the will of God. It's driven you to tears. It's broken your heart. It's crushed your hopes and your dreams. You may say, Preacher Darren, it's never going to happen. I'm hearing you preach right now saying, saying the will of God, and I want the will of God, and I believe this to be the will of God, and and you're right, Preacher Darren, I've resisted the will of God, but, but I'm going to resign myself to the will of God. If, if in this hardship, if I don't get what I, the desires of my heart, Preacher Darren, I'm going, to, I'm going to have more joy. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to study more. I'm going to be sweeter. I'm going to look to him like I've never looked to him before. Thank God for that. Thank God. But last of all, you can rest in the will of God because I promise you, the will of God will take you right to where your dreams are are fulfilled greater than you would have ever, ever dreamed. Let me say this. Where we lived up here in Spruce Pine, some years ago, I heard the train coming through Spruce Pine. Woo-hoo! And I could hear it. I heard it very, very loudly. I was leaving the house, went down the road, and I saw the train from a distance. I got closer to where the train was, and man, that train was huge. It was the same size as it was at my house. It was the same size as it was when I got closer to it. It was the same size when I got right up to it. But here's the difference. The closer I got to the train, the bigger I saw it. You getting that? Right now, the will of God in your life, you just can't see it. The parameters are set. The circumstances are there. It's, it, it, the setting you're going to have to go through. But as you go through it, you're going to see him bigger than you've ever seen him before. And you'll be closer to him than you've ever seen him before. You, you go ask Jairus. You remember Jairus? Who came there to get Jesus to say, Lord, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. He, Jairus saw Jesus as God. He saw Jesus as able to heal his daughter. And the runner came and said, Trouble not the master, thy daughter is dead. And now Jairus has lost hope. And Jesus said, She's not dead but sleeping. And he begins to walk him and take him back to his house. And he said to his daughter, Talitha Kumai, in other words, to say, Maid, I say unto thee, Arise. And up from the grave, up from the dead, she arose. Ask Jairus, You believed that Jesus could do this for you until you found out that she was dead, and you lost all hope. How do you see him now that he's raised her from the dead? You know what he'd say? I see him bigger. I see him bigger and larger than I've ever seen him before. I'm telling you, you're going through these circumstances right now, and when God meets your need, you're going to see him bigger. You're going to see him greater. You're going to see him gooder than you've ever seen him before. Amen. I can promise you that. Tonight, here's the thought, and and I'm done. God wants you to look around when you feel like, I've made my prayer request, I've made my petition, and I've not gotten the desires of my heart 
and I'm just about ready to quit. This is what I believe God's saying to us. Take the man, the Lord Jesus Christ, a little present. What is that little present? It's you. Take him a little honey. There's honey in the rock. Take it to him. Worship him. Draw near to him. Double up on some things in your life. You watch how it all turns out. You stand to your feet. Seth, you come play. The Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I will or not, is there anybody, you might say, Lord, I still believe. Though I haven't seen my petitions answered yet, Lord, I want to tell you something. I still believe you. I want to bring you some honey. I want to bring you some balm. I want to bring you the spices in my life. I worship you. And Lord, I believe when I do, I believe you're going to turn this thing around. And victories are coming. Lord, would you help me right now? My faith is in you. Hallelujah. Father, I want to praise you and I want to thank you. What a mighty God. What a wonderful Savior. And Lord, we look at the lot in our life. Lord, my wife has sickness. She deals with it every single day. But yet, God, in this time when there's no healing, God, we still see that God's been good. There's still sweetness. There's still fragrance. There's still a time to serve you. And God, I praise you and I honor you. Lord, tonight there are folks on bended knee going through a trial so severe. Father, they can't hardly understand it. It's a time of famine in their life. They really can't see anything good. There's too much grief, too many hardships. God, they cannot see you in this situation. And they're resisting going forward. But yet, God, it's your will that they go through this place and that you'll take them safely through to the other side. And Lord, I'm asking you, God, that your hand to be upon them, and that, God, you'd relieve them, and you'd help them, God, tonight, that they would rest in your promise. Thank you, Father, that you're teaching us, God, that in our hardship, we can still offer the Lord Jesus Christ a present. Carry a little honey. We worship you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.